In the country with the fewest homicides in Latin America, and one of the safest, a woman is found unconscious, her eyes ripped out. The body of a young woman, seven months pregnant, is found a year after her disappearance, under a layer of lime and concrete. A 19-year-old female is found on the banks of a river, suffocated by submersion. These are no crimes linked to gangs, drugs or guns, but femicide, which under Chilean law refers to the murder of a woman by a current or former partner. And these are not isolated or exceptional events. In 2019, it was reported that 46 women were killed by their partners. The Chilean Network Against Violence Towards Women calculates that an average of 130,000 cases of domestic violence are reported in Chile each year, making it one of the country's most reported crimes. Chile has a deep history of femicide and sexual violence. Today, we will be exploring what made Las Tesis, a local theatre collective, create an anti-rape anthem that threw the world into a shared effort to battle sexual violence against women. From the University of Warwick, my name is Olivia Stanek, and this is Orders in Decay. It happened on Monday, November 18th, 2019. There was a group of women who organised a performance in the city of Valparaíso, Chile, right outside the second commission of the Carabineros, the Chilean white police. They danced in unison, their clothes were bright, but their eyes were covered. I am Monica Ramon Rios. When this happened, I was writing an article about all the art that was going on in the streets. I encountered this article and suddenly saw this video by Las Tesis that somebody had sent to me from Chile. And it was just too beautiful. They did something unprecedented. Patriarchy judges us from the moment we are born. We are punished every day with an invisible violence or with a visible violence. The violence you see, they say, it's femicide. The assassins get to walk free. We are disappeared. We are raped. And they say, this is not my fault. It's not because how I dress. It's not because I was provoking them in any sense just by having the body I have, or talking to a man, or smiling, or not smiling, or you know, being myself. It doesn't matter. It's not my fault. Because the rapist is you. The police, the judges, because they don't condemn the assassins, the state, and they, they say the president. And never until today have we seen something more clear. The president is the rapist as well. Today, March 2nd, he says, we have to tell women that they have to not be available for abuse. It's 
sleep calmly, innocent girl. Do not worry about the bad guy because your sweet and smiling dreams are being guarded by lobbying policemen. And though all of the lyrics of the anthem are powerful, this final line has an even deeper meaning. These words are taken directly from the official anthem, A Friend in Your Path, of the Chilean police, created as a symbol of their duty and love that the force has for its people. The title of Lestesis' anthem, Un violador en tu camino, A Rapist in Your Path, reveals the irony that is the hundreds of accusations of rape, sexual violence, torture and murder committed by the Carabineros, particularly following the protests of 2018 that sparked from the rise in subway fares and severe income inequality in Chile. The Las Tesis took these verses from their own anthem and turned it upside down and saying to them, are you really capable of protecting us? I mean, you've proven the absolute contrary during all these years. So one of the things that feminists now are demanding is to revise the whole institution. Police in Chile, they are not well equipped to deal with protests only through repression. And that's what they have proved. And this proof comes in the form of countless investigations, official reports, and legal action by various institutions, including Chile's National Human Rights Institute and the Attorney General's office. In fact, the state's crackdown on peaceful protest has created, quote, the most serious and multiple human rights violations committed in 30 years since the country's military dictatorship, unquote. Now we have almost 4,000 people wounded. There must be around 200 cases of sexual violence that have been confirmed by the Instituto de Derechos Humanos, so the Human Rights Institute. So there must be more, right? These are the cases that they have accepted. In one month, following the start of the demonstrations in October 2018, National Human Rights Institute filed 442 criminal complaints on behalf of victims who allege police-inflicted injuries, cruel treatment, torture, sexual violence and killings. 74 of these are based on sexual abuse, including detainees being forced to undress and squat naked as part of a search. And women and girls are more likely to be forced to strip than men. In one case even, in a place where both women and men were detained, only women were ordered to strip, some of which were even touched by officers. It is Chile's President Piñera's regressive and victim-blaming comment, alongside the abysmal conviction rates of sexual violence cases by Chilean authorities, summarised the patriarchal state who were so complicit to their male civilians' crimes against women that Las Tessas speaks to so clearly. And so this anthem started as a small performance, a small dig at the institutions which feed into this female pressure with no particular expectation of returns. But shortly after, somebody shared a video of this on Twitter, and it blew up. Performances started coming from the ground in various cities across Chile to being reproduced around the globe in all six continents, like in Cuba, India, Italy. And they started making it their own. In Buenos Aires, they added a whole extra section to say, Mrs. Judge, what happened to you? Because you forgot about the poor. 
don't be surprised and understand that abortion will be legal. In Paris, in front of the Eiffel Tower, it was translated. And it was even created by an older generation, something that the Hollywood hashtag MeToo movement failed to do. But in Istanbul, police stopped and even arrested some women who participated. Paula Cometa, speaking on behalf of the Las Tessas Collective, says that, quote, It was never intended to be a protest song. The women of the marches transformed it into something more, unquote. And so women around the globe adopted it as their own. They claimed back their own voices by shouting at the top of them, wearing bright colours to attract attention, but doing so blindfolded as to symbolise both the violence that cannot be seen, the violence that isn't wanted to be seen by the authorities, and the covers on women's eyes so as to cover their ability to speak out. To tell the authorities, the rapist is you, all of those who failed to investigate this violence despite having the power to do so. It has nothing to do with if I had a mini skirt on or if I was walking through a dark alley because I wanted to get home quicker. It is you. It is not my fault. And after the success of the performance, the Lastesis Collective called for global action using its creation as an expression of the larger social issue. Do you remember that night? Our six-month anniversary. We popped out a few bottles of wine to celebrate. We danced, we sang, we laughed, I drank. You did your rendition of Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, but I definitely won the competition with my Wrecking Ball performance. You know, the ironic thing is, I don't remember most of the night at all. I guess that wine really went to my head. And you, my knight in shining armour, stopped me from falling asleep in the bathtub, took my makeup off, and put me safely to bed. Of course we kissed a little, and you took it too far. I had just enough consciousness to get out that little word. No. I guess we're adults and we love each other, so why shouldn't we go all the way? You've waited long enough. Maybe you deserve my body after all. Silence was all I knew. Keep quiet. Pretend nothing had happened, that nothing was wrong. You said you were sorry, that it will never happen again, and I forgave you, and I believed you. And you're so charming and caring and handsome, and everything was so beautiful. We were so happy. And as time went on, you made me afraid to say no. But we were happy, and that's all that mattered. I just want to sleep. A coma would be nice, or amnesia. Anything, just to get rid of this. These thoughts, whispers in my mind. Did you rape my head too? But you said you were sorry, and that you love me. So it's okay. I am okay. Confused, messed up, but I am here. And here we are today. Happy two year anniversary. Machismo. A strong sense of masculine pride. An exaggerated or exhilarating sense of power or strength often identified with sexual desires. Machismo is a source of pride for male expansive and almost uncontrollable sexual appetite. In Latin America, it is something that defines manhood, but in doing so, it also defines female responsibilities in relation to men. And these norms differ amongst countries. In Peru, 
the courageous man is to demonstrate his superiority over other men and his dominance over women. But for a Puerto Rican male, being machista is also to dominate his wife. But on top of that, he must never be bothered with concerns of roles created for her, such as child rearing. Productions by women are always not enough. Not good enough, not well done enough, not original enough. And so my research now is about these women filmmakers from the 1910s and the 1920s. I discovered there were not that many fiction directors who had done feature films during the, the, between 1919 and 2008. At a moment that is said that it was one of the most productive of Chilean filmmaking. And I found out that there were no women doing feature films but there were three during the silent period. So imagine like in the 1910s and 1920s, there was a lot of difficulty for women to become writers, for example. But suddenly you have these three women at a moment where they couldn't even manage their estate, they couldn't even receive a wage for the work, they were directing films. And so the film historians that talked about these women did not have much respect for their work. They said, for example, that they were not the directors of the film and that the films were bad, that they were marginal to the industry. She doesn't write very well. Or, yeah, but that idea, she got it from somebody else. And so it is a self-perpetuating norm. Children grow up taught in line with each role and behavior expected of their gender. When a culture is so fundamentally founded on a belief, it becomes a creation of its people. It arises in all areas and institutions of society, especially the public sphere, from the health system that controls and stringently restricts reproductive rights, to the church, whose teachings have been as much an influence on female gender roles and machismo as any of the vestiges of Spanish ancestry. This influence of the church in Latin American culture cannot be underestimated. The imagery of the Virgin Mary, pure, obedient and submissive, is taught to be mirrored in the qualities of Latin American wives. And one of the things that Las Tesis included, I think they have talked a lot about the way Silvia Federici has defined the feminization of society means that you have to be inside a house, you have to be protected, you are not strong, your body is available. And then they are also quoting an um, Argentinian-Brazilian feminist, Rita Segato. And she came out with this idea, cofradia masculina, that the structure of patriarchy that we know now is far beyond capitalism. And this is something that she diverges from Federici, because Federici says this kind of patriarchy and capitalism were built together. And Segato says there's something that is even more, and quoting Gail Rubin, who actually says that this structure of the sex gender systems goes way beyond capitalism. It's everywhere. And this brotherhood, this cofradia masculina, is sort of like a bond that is created between men through the disposability of women's bodies, which is hitting them, raping them, killing them, not recognizing the reproductive work they do, and not paying them the same as a man for the same work. Those kind of things are all the conditions in which we are submitted to men. The patriarchal scene that has led to machista thinking is most definitely not a new phenomenon, but one that has brewed and boiled in history. In 1988, Chile began a transition to democracy after more than 15 years of military rule under General Augusto Pinochet. The Pinochet years were characterized by widespread 
systematic and serious human rights violations. Most notably, his rule was bursting with protests, namely feminist, mobilised to bring down the government in power and demand a role in the new political order. Neoliberalism in Chile was installed under, under the dictatorship. So Chile is run by a constitution that was written in 1980 by one of the most conservative ideologues of Pinochet's regime. And this is what we have now. It's very conservative in terms of women's rights, for example. It's very conservative in terms of people protesting and getting together. It creates an inability to change things. One of the main things that this ideologue did was to tie up the system so well that it's almost impossible to change. And for too many years, has machismo been the cause of fear in women? A fear from reporting crime a fear from ridicule, a fear from misbelief, and a subsequent fear of further pain being brought upon them by perpetrators. The crime of femicides is the most extreme form of violence against women, and it's proof that in some societies it is still believed that men have the right to control the freedom and life of women. And so the anthem mobilised women, whether they live through the Pinochet violations, our current students who are often victims of sexual violence on campuses or have ever felt oppressed by any man in their lives. And this is, I think, it's very important for feminism because we're trying to reinvent everything. The first thing we have to look is our experience in common. And if we look at those experiences in common, we can, in the long run, learn in what way we want to live together. On the 2nd of March, Piñera signed a law that redefined femicide which is called Ley Gabriela. It strengthened the existing legislation against femicide, expanding the definition to include the killings of non-married partners and increasing the penalty for killing pregnant women or minors. So it typifies on many things and has been a work of a lot of feminist organizations pressuring the government to get this. But in the same breath as the announcement of the new law, Piñera notes how, quote, sometimes it is not only the will of men to abuse, but also the position of women to be abused. We have to correct the abuser, and we also have to tell the abused person that she cannot allow that to happen." Unquote. Since the beginning of the year, up until the day of the new law, there have been five femicides committed in Chile and 17 attempted homicides on women. But it is difficult to say whether any difference in law will in fact change the current situation and result in any social change. When the approaches of the government and law officials stays untouched. It is difficult to pinpoint who or what exactly is at fault for the ill treatment of women in Chile, but there definitely are aspects of the culture that could better address the crimes of sexual assault, rape and femicide. Beauty provokes harassment, the law says, but it looks through men's eyes when deciding what provokes it. So, the carabineros, the state, the president, the judges, they are not the only oppressors. But because this is a problem that is so deeply embedded in Chilean society, there are things that can be done, laws to be reformed, presidents to resign. Each time a woman stands up for herself, without knowing it possibly, without claiming it, she stands up for all women. Maya Angelou.